Blog Talk Radio. Women have the power to transform this world. We can end crime and violence if we all agree to do one thing. Share. Let's share our wisdom, share our time, share our talents, share our finances, but most of all, let's share our love. This is The Female Solution. Join me, Naima Latif, every morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, as we bring you stimulating discussions about the issues affecting our lives. If you're listening online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution, press the blue button that says follow and get our daily topics every morning directly to your email and your smartphone. Hi, I'm Naima Latif executive producer of the Female Solution Radio Show. We invite you to call in 515-605-9325 and participate in this daily think tank as we examine the challenges we face and develop solutions that restore peace and harmony. We are global transformers, changing the world from the way it is to the way it should be. We are one. Wherever we live on this earth, We are one human family. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, I'd like to extend a greeting to all the members of our family, whenever and wherever you may be listening around the world. To our family in China, Ni Hao. In India, Namaste. In Japan, Konnichiwa. In Korea, Annyeonghaseya. In Russia, Zrastutsye. In Germany, Guten Tag. In Poland, Dzień Dobry. In France, bonjour. In Spain, hola. In Italy, ciao. In Egypt, athen wasaka. In Ghana, akwaba. In Nigeria, peleo. In South Africa, saubona. In Senegal, nangadet. In Kenya, jambo. In Israel, shalom. In Pakistan, Afghanistan, and Saudi Arabia, assalamu alaikum. Greetings. And may peace be upon you all. Welcome. Welcome to this edition of Success Strategies with Zana and How to Comfort a Green Child. Zana? Hi. Can you you hear me? Yes, we can. Welcome. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Grand Rising. Yes, yes. So it it is so exciting. So many things are going on in your area today in London. Uh, so much. Well, there's at least going. one thing going on in London, which is the coronation. Yeah. So, you know, everything's sort of been ground to a halt over the last few days because they've been rehearsing. Well, we're glad to that you... all the horses and all the carriages and all the cavalrymen and all the rest of it. So, yeah, just been keeping them busy. There's been a lot of problems with traffic. I didn't have to go into central London for the last few days. I'm really, really pleased to say. So I have to go oh. through central London tomorrow early in the morning. So I'm hoping things will have calmed down by then. But I'm sure yes. people in the States must be watching the coronation as well. So what do you make of it? Well, I, I'm 
not focusing on that today. <laughs> mm. and yeah, my thoughts go all over the land. But mm-hmm. today, I'm glad to be able to be a part of this edition of Success Strategies with you. Naima, who normally is operating the controls, um, this yes. today she's celebrating her mother's 100th birthday. Yes. So, so, yeah, best of wishes to Naima and your, birth, and your mom on, her, on this very, very important birthday. Well done. Yes. Well done well, getting to 100. It's amazing, mm-hmm. really. But there we are, and so I'm sure you're going to do a bang-up job, Deborah. I'm looking forward to doing this show with you today. Well, thank you so very much. And, you know, we already have our wonderful co-hosts or co-guests or guests, (laughs) Kathy and who is the president of Old House, and Darlene Lewis, who is a certified grief counselor. We are excited so, um, to have on the show today. Absolutely. Uh, I'm sure they have a lot to share with us. I'm just going to do my little intro if that's okay. Yes, go ahead, please. Thank you. Welcome to the Success Strategy Show with me, Jana, on the Female Solution Worldwide Radio and TV Network. I'm the author of Success Strategies for Black People. And I host the annual Blogging Carnival for Nonviolence. And this year is the 10th anniversary of the Blogging Carnival for Nonviolence. So I'm looking forward to receiving lots of blogs from all of our listeners and my sisters of the microphone. Today, okay, at this point, my computer just decided to tell me that the coronation is happening because I didn't know that already. Sorry. (laughs) So I'm your host for today and on the first Saturday of every month. Here on the Success Strategy Show, every month we seek to help you and support you to find solutions to your problems. We're here to help you make 2023 your best year yet. Today I have two guests, Kathy Ann Ellington of O's House and Darlene Lewis, Certified Grief, grief Counselor. Kathy Ann is the author of the book, Mama Said, Jesus Said, which is going to be published within the next couple months, hopefully, so keep your eyes out for that. To speak with my guests, and if you have a question for my guests, please phone in on 515-605-9325, and then press 1 for the host queue. And um, if you're outside of the United States, you need to put 001 in front of that, so it's 001-515. Six zero five nine three two five, and then press one to speak to the host. You can also join us on Facebook at the Female Solution and on YouTube at the Female Solution. So, as the board just said, my guests today are Kathy Ann Ellington of O's House and a uh, certified grief counselor, Darlene Lewis. So welcome to my guest. Thank you so much for joining us. Welcome. Yeah. Now, Darlene, uh, could you wave so people could know who you are? 
see me? Yes, we see you. And then Kathy, of course. <laughs> and I'm Deborah. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not as clever as Naima with the um, identifying who's who and putting typing in different things. Uh, but uh, so we, we're going to just go for what we have, the tools that we have. And of course, you hear Zana on the line. Uh, down in uh, across the pond, so they say, in London. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm over here. Yeah. So welcome, welcome to my guest. So is it okay if we start with you, Kathy? Yes. And I will bring in Darlene as well later on. Um, just tell us a little bit about what made you get involved with doing this work. Of, of uh, working with people who are grieving, and what or who inspired you? Oh, that's uh, very easy. I'm smiling now uh, because uh, my mentor is right here with us, Darlene Lewis. Uh, Okay, excellent. Yes, my mother was and still is the angel beneath my wings, and when my mother transitioned, uh, I was extremely, I, I can say this now, uh, Jana, I was uh, extremely suicidal. Really? Was, wow. Yeah, I was suicidal because I didn't, I had never experienced grief. I didn't know right, what grief right. was. All I knew, Jana, uh, Deborah, was that I was in pain. I knew that I felt like someone was standing on my chest and I couldn't breathe. Uh, yeah. I was, I just had a, 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 a ball of emotions, and but the main yeah. depression, I was just overwhelmingly depressed and extremely suicidal. And Darlene Lewis, being the earth angel that she is, uh, she saw me from a distance and right. recognized visually. Donna Deborah, that I was in intense suffering and pain. And mm, Darlene, yeah, of course, of course you were. Yeah, yeah, she just gravitated toward me and took me under her wing, Donna Deborah, and she actually mentored me and uh, helped me to get my license as a bereavement grief specialist, also. Wow. Okay. So that because you've been through that experience yourself, does that make you um, put you in a better position to support other people who are going through something similar? Absolutely. Uh, that makes me sympathetic, empathetic. I have compassion. Uh, you've heard it said before. Oh, unless you've been there and experienced it, you don't know what that person is going through. Mm-hmm. But once one-on-one experience yourself, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so you've walked in those shoes. So when you see somebody else going through that, you know how to respond to them. So let me ask you a question. Another question: What signs are there when a child is grieving? What behavior changes might we see? Give us some examples. Well, with a child, uh, some of the behaviors of the withdrawal, uh, you'll see a child mm. that does not want to communicate. 
uh, or right. they'll act out um, emotionally. They'll have temper tantrums, mm-hmm. some children. So there, uh, there's a, a, a variance of emotions. Some children right. withdraw. They don't want to talk and open up about anything. You ask them how they're doing, I'm okay. And mm-hmm. other kids, mm-hmm. I call it the era, uh, I call it the age of distraction where the kids are on social media and they get even more involved with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. So, so you see that as a sign of grieving when children are getting more involved with uh, with social media? Yes, absolutely. It's a way of escape because remember, no, who likes to feel pain? No one likes to feel pain. Absolutely. So, kids like adults, they use different things to numb the pain or to right. Just like adults, some people drink, some people eat. People yes, that's right. That's people. right. Absolutely. People use food to self-medicate. That is correct. That's absolutely, yeah. Well, that that was my experience, definitely. I was using food to self-medicate, and I probably still am to a certain extent, but I'm on, on my own journey. So can you give me a couple of examples of children that you personally have met and have worked with? I have a, a nephew. His mother, unfortunately, uh, being in this uh, community where my old house is at, it's below property stricken uh, income levels. And my nephew, uh, his mom, unfortunately, she overdosed on drugs because she was grieving over the the murder of her teenage brother. Wow. And the way she chose was, was drugs. Right, but the right, death right. of but, but the death of my nephew's mother was sudden. It was and I have explained this before. When a person has an illness, you go through stages of grief, what we call in the grief industry anticipatory grief. Like you know inspiration for it. But when someone dies suddenly from a drug overdose drug overdose, or it's a sudden death, then it's a different, totally different gamut of emotions. And my nephew was just a kid. He was only yeah. nine years old yeah. when his mother died suddenly. And I saw immediately firsthand, now this is long before I became a counselor. Mm-hmm. I saw firsthand how that affected not just only him, but his siblings. Because he had three right. other that were younger than him. Mm. And that and they all had different reactions because remember, grief is a right, personal right. reaction to a loss. So, did you say that his mother was grieving? His no, no? his mother drug overdose, but he had two other sisters. I'm sorry, three other sisters that were younger than him. And right, I right. saw, I saw firsthand how that. These children, they they didn't care about school. You couldn't get them to focus on doing their homework. Um, My nephew, unfortunately, he went to drugs. He told drugs, and that's how he self-medicated. Yeah, yeah, I get that. But did you not say that his mother was grieving, and that's why she got involved with drugs? That is correct. His mother, his mother's, uh, and he was, right. you know, this, this 
in a game, and he got killed. And again, this was yeah. a sudden death. And his mother, I mean, her, her, you know, her, her brother died suddenly. And yes, so the yes, mom yes. was to self-medicate. She overdosed. Yes. Um, which is tragic. It's tragic, but it just goes to show if one person is murdered, and we know that the murder, the murder rate is out of control in a lot of our communities as black people, and in a lot of our communities as people who are on low incomes. When one person is killed, you see how the effect. You know, it's like a ripple effect that affects so many other people. Yeah, I believe it's like the domino effect. You know, if you, um, you know, I love what Darlene says about her mindset and not ignored. If Mm, my mm, nephew mm. understood the stages of grief and what she, and she had counseling, someone, I call it talk therapy, that could have talked her through the emotions and the feelings, maybe she wouldn't have gone downhill, which is what happened to her and her children. Yeah, and, and it just continues. And if you have children, it just goes on to the next generation. And how were his younger sisters affected? Well, his younger sisters remember that grief is a personal reaction to a loss. So no two people grieve the same. So because right. they were children, and they and they never get counseling. I have to tell you that uh, in the grammar mm-hmm. school, they never get counseling. I didn't have any experience back then. So the kids, uh, three of them, well, all three of them, they didn't graduate from high school. They dropped out. Mm. Yes, this is what happened, that domino effect. I call it the domino effect. Uh, Sure, sure. They didn't know how to process their emotions and their grief. That's why this is a a worldwide issue. It's not just... And you see, I mean, grief affects... Everybody at some point. Grief touches everybody's life at some point. But personally, I believe that one of the things that we're facing as black people is we're taught, you know, you just need to be strong. We just need to be strong. We need to be strong and carry it on and carry on. And when we talk about being strong, that is interpreted as hiding our feelings and smothering our feelings and not dealing with our feelings. What do you think? What are your thoughts? Well, I know that's true because remember, if you don't, you know, our people perish for lack of knowledge. That is Mm -hmm. a fact. If you know that, when you know better, you do better. So if you don't understand what you're, especially in the African American community, I'm African American, so I can speak on Okay, I've had so many family members tell me, "Oh, everyone has to die," or "Oh, they're in a better place," and. Oh, how long ago was that? Wasn't that a while ago? They don't understand. <laughs> they don't understand what what grief is. If you don't know, yeah, at least attitudes come up. Sometimes because people don't know any better. You know, sometimes these attitudes, like they're in a better place, come out because people don't know any better. Okay, I'm smiling now, darling, because you know what she said. They're in a better place. Uh, Deborah, let me tell you why I'm smiling. Uh, when my mother transitioned, uh, someone told me, oh, she's in a better place. She lived a long life. 
and I told Darlene there's a scene in the movie, uh, The Terminator, where the Terminator grabs the, the guy by the throat and, and, and mm. lifts him up to the ground, and his feet is dangling mm. underneath him. Yeah. When people say the wrong things, you, you feel in your spirit that you want to just grab them by their throat. <laughs> And, and leave them dangling, right? <laughs> Their feet will be dangling yeah. if you had your way, right? Yeah, saying the wrong thing can be subjective because, uh, as Donna said, we we don't do better because we don't know better. And generationally, we've been taught this is what you do, this is what you say. That's but right. What say how do you comfort a person a grief and it, it doesn't necessarily grief comes in different stages to me yes grief could be a, a, a loss of a job or an That's illness true. a great illness of someone that you care about so um yeah we need to focus more on building empires and not generational domino effect grief exactly. i completely agree different option and if someone says oh well they're in a better place you know sometimes I'll turn around and say well how do you know <laughs> I like that well, that's you? a good question that is a good question this is what we were taught culturally yeah you know and they didn't know any better that's what they heard that's from right. their generation their parents but now we know better. And so those who know better have to teach who do not. And like Kathy That's said, right, because there's still plenty of people who don't know better. This is what they heard. This is what they've been taught. But now we know differently because we're more educated. And Some of us are, yeah. Have to teach those who do not know. And this is the That's way right. we change culture. Yeah. This is the way we change the way we used to do things. My yeah. grandmother uh, yeah. would say they're in a better place. But I myself, um, the next generation uh, from her, um, who took the time or who was, who was led to find out why grief hurts, why it's different from everybody, and mainly why my people do not get counseling. Mm-hmm. You know, it was yeah. a to get counseling. And I say, yeah. my counterparts, my they get counseling because things are not going right with them that day. Mm-hmm. You know, so I... I was led and I was taught by the master of all masters, besides our Lord and Savior, by Dr. Sam Mazzoni. He taught from his heart. He gave from his heart. He took the time to explain to you mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. He taught me more than a classroom text. They taught me theory, but he taught me life. How, how to actually do it. Yeah. How to um, I'm just going to ask whoever's speaking, when you speak, this is Jana, by the way. When you speak, can you please just say your name 
so that the listeners don't get confused about who's speaking. Okay. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Um, you, So let me tell you a story. This is a true story, okay? This happened during slavery. Now, you know, a lot of people from the North were curious about slavery in the South, and they'd heard things from abolitionists, and a lot of people said, I need to go South to see for myself what's going on, right, to see. I need to see slavery for myself. And so this one, I think it was a guy, he said he saw slaves being auctioned on the auction block, right? He would see parents with their children being sold away from each other, right? Children were being sold and their parents were sitting there and not grieving. They weren't showing any emotion. They were acting like they just didn't care. And what do you think of that? Because these people must have been grieving. They were losing their children. And the children were losing their parents. So why do you think they didn't show any emotion? Actually, anybody can answer that question. This is Deborah. I think it was strength. They were already going through trauma. And Mm -hmm. in order to survive, they had to... Uh, some was shut down and just show mm-hmm. the strength. Mm-hmm. I, I think that could have been it. Okay, thank yeah, you for that, Deborah. Anybody else got thoughts about that? So many emotions. And so can you just say name, please? Yeah, yeah. Zana? Yes. Can you, you hear us? us? I can yes. hear you, yes. Okay. So just whoever was just speaking, can you say your name, please? After the person speaking after the blower. Uh, this is Darlene Lewis speaking. Hi, Darlene. Hi. We haven't brought you into the conversation yet, but thank you for joining in. Um, so what do you think was going on with these people? Well, I have a response, Darlene. Uh, this is Kathy speaking. You can hear me clearly? Absolutely, yes. Okay, Uh, recently, about a month ago, I spoke at a 14-year-old funeral that died suddenly. I was shocked uh, at the amount of young people there who were not showing any emotion and were not crying. I called Darlene Mm -hmm. because I was so disturbed by it. And Darlene and I talked about it, and I, and I said, okay, that, that makes sense. The slave, mm-hmm. African slaves, and fast forward to now, these kids are accustomed to going or attending funerals of their classmates, of their peers. They oh, gosh, it's so out. awful. They have numbed out. It's a, like a, 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 a mechanism to help them cope with the overwhelming tragedy. Yes, yeah, yeah I hear what you're saying. The African slave trade, that was a, a great example that you used of these people having showing no, I, I witnessed that personally with young mm. people and parents too. You see, because what I would say to answer my own question is that they weren't allowed to show grief. They probably weren't allowed, you know, the slave owners, the people who were selling them, who were trading them, didn't allow them to show grief. That's what I think was going on personally. They had to hide their feelings. They had to act 
like nothing bad was happening. You see, and the thing right. is, the trauma that we experienced in slavery gets passed down from one generation to the next. So, excuse me, let me know. Tell me what you think about what I just said. This is Darlene. Uh, I agree very much with you how mm. trauma is passed down. Um, because as we get older and that trauma has not been addressed, mm. it affects behavior. You know, it affects how we think about things. And and depending on where the trauma comes from, it, it can come from an, uh, a child being abused. It exactly. can come from uh, a child losing their mother or their parents. Uh, it just doesn't always have to come from death. That's but right. That's from, right. Absolutely. It has not been addressed. That has been manifesting, growing inside of them, which sometimes can lead into a mental illness, you know, because whatever traumatized by was never addressed. Yeah, I completely agree with what you just said, because this still goes on. It didn't just happen in slavery. It's still going on now, and we are still, still carrying this trauma from slavery because we have not healed it. Right. So, um, Zana, this is Deborah. I want to step in and I want to uh, thank both Darlene and Kathy, if you uh, don't mind. It's our first break time, and I want to go to a couple of commercials so we can pay for our services. (laughs) <laughs> if you don't mind, but we'll be right back shortly. Okay? And please, please stick around because I've got lots more questions for y'all. Oh, yes. Okay, hold on. What happens when a group of people are kidnapped from their homes, smuggled away in chains, and held captive in a foreign land where they are tortured, raped, and forced to perform hard labor by the lash of a whip and under the constant threat of death? Slavery, the African-American psychic trauma. What happened to the doctors, writers, scientists, builders, educators, and spiritual leaders from Africa's golden age? Who did they really capture and sell into slavery? Are all African-Americans suffering from psychic trauma because of a conspiracy to hide their true identities? Do you have psychic trauma? Take the test on page 22 of the book and see. Order it online today at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. And get your personally autographed copy of the book, Slavery, the African American Psychic Trauma. Do you want to live in a world without war? Join our global peace movement. Heavenly Culture World Peace Restoration of Light transcends culture, religion, ideology, and other boundaries to achieve peaceful harmony 
and the global society. HWPL is committed to bringing world peace and cessation of war through peaceful dialogue between religious groups. I am Director Shin Suk Kim of the HWPL Chicago branch of North America. Join us for our next gathering. Call 773-580-1501 and be a part of the movement for world peace. Email us at chicagohwpl at gmail.com. We have an opportunity to transform the whole global society in the next 50 years. 50 years from now, the earth will be populated by a new generation of adults, many of whom are yet unborn. Our mission is to nurture them in childhood with love, guidance, and protection and to raise them in healthy, happy families. If we impart values of compassion, generosity, and respect for fellow human beings in the next generation of children, they will create a world where people can live together in peace. This is our goal. Be a part of the transformation. Get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. Go to www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Yes, and we're back with success strategies with Zana. And our topic today is how to comfort a grieving child. Now, adults go through many tragedies in life which cause them to grieve, displaying a sadness with tears and depression. But how do we recognize when a child is grieving? When a loved one dies or a child suffers a loss, Moving away from friends, failing a grade in school, losing a pet, parents divorcing. These childhood tragedies cause our children to grieve, and often no one recognizes their behavior as grief. So is your child suddenly sullen and angry, getting into fights at school, failing classes, using alcohol or drugs, getting sexually promiscuous, running away from home, your child may be suffering an emotional loss. And as a parent, you may be misguided by well-meaning friends and family to issue severe punishment, when instead your child may need comfort and counseling. Today we are joined uh, with Zana, who is our host, and our guests, Kathy Ann Ellington, who is author and president of Old House, and Darlene Lewis, certified grief counselor. Uh, thank you all for joining Zana, who is live from London, busy town today, and myself, co-host Deborah. And uh, we certainly hope that things, you, you've got your pencil and paper so you're you're ready to jot down some ideas. You might hear something that may be impressionable upon you. You might want to question later. You might want to reach out to the three ladies at some point and get their perspective or their help. So um, do that. And then text a friend to join us. 
You know, you can always call us at 515-605-9325. That's 515-605-9325. Or if you're across the pound, the pond, <laughs> you can dial 001-515-605-9325. And make sure you press 1. So you can join into the conversation. You have to hit one. You can't just uh, call in and we know that you're ready to speak. You must hit one so we can uh, get you involved here. So, Zana, you had some more information or questions that you wanted to bring up now? That's right. Thank you very much for that, Deborah. Um, So... (coughs) um, Darlene, Kathy has said that you mentored her. You looked at her and you can tell, you could tell immediately that she was grieving. And you looked at her from afar and you could tell that she was grieving. So what kinds of signs did she show that, you know, I'm sure there's many, many grieving people who have shown similar signs. Can she repeat that? Of course, of course. This is Jana, by the way. Um, yes, the question is, Darling, what signs did you see? Um, Kathy said that she that you saw her from afar and you could immediately tell that she was grieving. And um, I'm sure there are many other grieving people who would have shown similar signs. So what kind of signs did you observe in Kathy that let you know that she was grieving? Well, her facial expressions were number one. Uh, if you, I don't, I don't want to put it because of my uh, training, um, Kathy was solemn. Kathy was a very uh, vibrant individual who smiled all the time, you know, laughed okay. all the time. Very expressive. Kathy okay. was very expressive. But if you notice that there's a different personality change or switch, uh, the behavior that used to be is not the same behavior since something, some event has happened in their life. Uh, She was different. Her demeanor was different. Uh, How was it different? If you notice them, if you're kind of familiar with them, it's more easy. Yeah. What what did you notice that was different in her demeanor? And her behavior. She said, what did you notice with Kathy and her behavior? What was that different? There was a change. Her personality changed. Um, I said she's a vibrant person, energetic, yes. you know, smile all the time. You know. Right. She was very happy, you know, very talkative. You know, uh, Kathy doesn't meet a stranger. She speaks to 
anybody and everybody. <laughs> but if you know there's something different about her, mm-hmm. she wasn't vibrant anymore, she didn't smile, you know, really? she wasn't she wasn't Kathy. Mm-hmm. Was she combative in conversation? She wasn't combative. She was quiet. She was quiet. Her okay. eyes and them, you know, the expression wasn't smiley all the time. It wasn't uh, vibrant. And so there was a behavior change. So right. she walked right. happy, joyfully. But even the way she walked changed. So you notice this a little bit of time. Oh. So even the way she walked changed, you said. And then, though I'm familiar with Kathy because we go to the same church, and I see her pretty often. And so I noticed the difference. Now, what about a child? A child that I don't see every day. And then you will have to ask, or someone may tell you, my son seems a little different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Depending on the age group, actually, because on the age group, they show different reactions to their loss. Uh, a three-year-old, four-year-old may not be able to express how they feel, but they right. know something is may not be able to say, well, I'm hurting, I feel pain in my heart, stuff like that. But they may have physical symptoms of something going on. Right. That's not right. normal for them. And so if you an observant person or observant parent, you may ask your teacher, is something different going on with my son? And the teacher may be observant to know, yeah, there's a difference. And the teacher may say, I wanted to talk to you because Johnny is not the same. Johnny is okay. by himself alone. Uh, Johnny is, uh, doesn't want to play. You know, so it depends on the age. Because, um, yeah. like I said, a three-year-old, four-year-old do not know how to express. All they know right. And not feeling well, you know. Right, and, right. And then those who are observing would say, what's wrong, Johnny? You know, is it something wrong? You know, and then you can investigate further. Like I would talk to the fans, whatever. Has something happened differently in your household? Uh, now, a teenager, they may or may not want to tell you anything. That's right. Because. They may think, uh, well, I'm too, I'm too old to go to my parents and tell them this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. Or they may say, I can deal with this myself. Right. You know. And if there's no intervention, like we talked about, they can use different uh, material out there that would help soothe that pain that they're right. going through behavior, uh, isolation, uh, a fear that something may happen.
happened to them. Right. You know, a, a teenager is really, their conversation is really not too open to adults. Um, so you kind of have to figure it out. Watch the behavior. Watch the behavior. You know, there's something different about my yeah. child. That yeah. happened to me. There's something different about my child. So I went to the teacher. So he felt, he seemed like he was depressed. He, he was the same uh, son that I I know. Personality entirely different, you know. So you have to be more days observant, pay more attention. Okay, okay so kids. tell me something, um, Darlene, because some of us, to be totally honest, are not that observant. And if you are grieving yourself, which many of us are, unfortunately, um, you might not be that observant because your own mood is so low. You might not be that observant. So what kind of things do you think that parents in particular should be looking for? What kind of signs? Um, signs of like I said, depending on the age group, yeah. um, playing, wanting to play, or want to stay indoors, right. or signs that they're not talkative. They just mm-hmm. want to um, be by themselves. Uh, like I said, on the age group, they will give you notice or make it aware without them knowing that something is going on that's different. Like I said, it's all a behavior thing. You know, kids sure, and kids sure. are still disruptive in their home. Um, and they may not, they probably just uh, want to sit in the corner and do nothing. Or yeah. they want to the opposite. They want to overplay. You know, and then your instinct, I would say. You know there is something going on with your child. I believe, I believe, you know, you notice your, uh, your teenage son is uh, coming home much later. Uh, he don't want to talk to you. He gets angry, you know. He uh, don't want to be bothered. He stay on social media, like you say. You know, this is where they get their information from. That's one of the reasons. 
even if you uh, uh, a spouse or or or, or friend or, or roommate or somebody who you're in contact, a coworker, you know their actions. It's hard to mask everything. Now some people are good at, at crime, but if you're paying attention, you know that there is a difference. And we have to start paying attention more to our children. You know, I, know I completely about- agree. I completely agree. Yeah. But not we- everybody is doing that for reasons that Deborah just said. You know, people are working so hard. People are working two or three jobs. That's why I think it's important to talk about what the signs are because you might see a behavior change in your child. But you might feel like you don't have time to investigate it. It's sad, but well, true. Conversation with your child, you know, right. just just a general conversation and follow them. I I wasn't into social media until my children got into social media. I think right. it was MySpace. All my children are grown, so it was MySpace, and I didn't know. I'm still not technically in incline, but I wanted to know what they were into and who they yeah. were following, the conversations that they were having, uh, because I wanted to pay attention beyond my eyesight, you know, beyond yeah. what I you see them. You see, that so, is yeah. so important. But a lot of our parents, unfortunately, don't have those kind of skills. So that's right. why we need to help people. People who don't have those kind of skills, they need to learn them. Yes. And that's why I said anger. So how? How can people, sorry to cut you off, love, I'm just wondering how can people learn some of these skills because it's very, very important that we learn to talk to young people and listen to them. So what are the skills that we could, we as parents or adults, can gain to pay attention to these children? Yes. Well, you know, nowadays we have um, we have like um, like you say, the neighborhood is not like it used to be. It's not the village that's taking care of our kids anymore. Um, or we take care of somebody else's kids. We know we know that 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 child is not doing what they usually do, um, but. I think we have to lean on, I shouldn't say lean on, but the teachers probably are more perceptive than that busy, busy parent. See what I'm saying? Because the kid is going to school and the teacher, who is observant, hopefully, because he's got so much going on now, that uh, he would be the one who would contact the parent and ask, what is really going on? You know, uh, like I say, depending on the age group, uh, but something is different. The kid is angry. Kids not doing their homework. They're acting out or they're not talking or they're picking fights, whatever that behavior is. You know, that's not normal for them. Hopefully today, now that there's so much emphasis uh, nowadays, I think, than it used to be, because 
because so much trauma is happening and tragedy is happening today. Uh, there is more opportunity to get help uh, because social service agency is offering. They do an advertisement on TV. Uh, our school crisis intervention team, they're trying to, you know, they only call to school when there's a tragedy. Our social workers are so overloaded because they only go to the school once or twice a month. There is no more nurses in the school. Um, so what do we do? We have to make it our business as parents to take notes. Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. That's the key. And But a lot of parents, in my opinion, a lot of parents feel disempowered. Okay, they don't necessarily feel empowered to take the initiative with their children. Some of them just think, well, the school will take care of them. I'm not saying everybody thinks that, but I do think that some people have that mentality. So how can we make parents more aware? Well, I think more today, uh, we as parents, we are in touch with our TV, our cell phone, our neighbor, I mean, they got to get the message. They got to they gotta get something to make them notice. There's a lot of tragedy going on mm-hmm. in this world. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me just have more conversation, like you say, with my son, Johnny, or my daughter, Jeannie. Um, just to have a normal conversation. We got to take time. Mm-hmm. I know we busy kids. kids. I worked two jobs at one time to send my kids to school and you know, my husband will work. We're both working. But yeah. met with Jenna. We talked at Jenna. So now the parents are so split. You know, one going to have to do this responsibility, the other going. But we have to make sure that our children are number one priority. Yeah. I mean, we just have to learn that. Yeah. Yeah. We just have to learn that. You know, don't put the responsibility on somebody else. We just got to learn, take our responsibility, own up to it, check with my child. Okay, so my question is still, how do we support people who are not in that place? Because some people are just not in that place where they feel confident, you know, to challenge the school. Let me tell you another little story here. There was a time... um, not probably not so much. I mean, it still happens, but certainly back in the 1970s. Because you see, the thing is, in Britain, most black people are part of an immigrant community. So there was a time back in the 70s where the schools were saying to black parents, "Your child is educationally subnormal. You know, your cat, your yeah. child can't read or write properly." Your child is educationally subnormal. And the parents were just accepting that. And apparently, from what I'm told, and it's not, it's not my culture, but from what I'm told, apparently, because in the Caribbean, teachers were very, very responsible and they cared about the children, 
they thought for some reason that it would be the same over here. So if someone said to them, your child's education will be subnormal, they just accepted that. Now, the thing is, like, even to this day, there are, there are black parents. I'm not talking just about black parents, but that's my main focus for today. Um, there, are, there are still parents who do not feel empowered to challenge the school. Now, how can we help them to feel empowered? Any thoughts about that? Empowered? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Parents? Yes. How can we help them feel empowered to take care of their children? Yes. How how can we empower the parents, or how can we help the parents um, to be driven to understand and how to get in helping their children? What can we do to? I don't want to say persuade uh, because it should not be persuade. Uh, but some parents don't know how to because now That's generations right. That's right. not, and and they've been told by powers that be that you are subservient. Uh, so you know we've we've been degraded. How do we help empower parents to uh, understand what our children are going through and and yeah. how important it is. For us to yes. pay attention, because um, some parents, like I said, have the attitude that's not my job. That's the stu- that's the school's job, and I personally it's think it's every parent's job to make sure that his or her child has the best possible education. That's my personal opinion. Um, but it does yeah. still happen to a certain extent that parents are told. You know, parents just don't necessarily feel that they can challenge the status quo. They don't necessarily feel feel happy to challenge what they see as the people in power. Um, how can we how can we persuade them? Because this this grief thing is. I mean, you were saying earlier, um, Cassie, that. There's so much grief around now that the children aren't even responding anymore when when their friends and their classmates are being killed. So it's sort of like there's an epidemic of grief. Yeah. Well, you know, I have a question, Zana. Not a question. I have a response to that. Uh, there's okay. an old ad among teachers uh, that says, reach one, teach one. Yes. Yes. Reach, reach one, reach one, teach one. If the public school system would allow uh, people like me and Darlene to actually come into the school system and have, I call it talk therapy, where we gather the kids together, build up their confidence in us. The kids have to feel they, they, that they can trust you. Yes. Yes. Right. So we can, if we could do that with the with the parents also, if we were allowed to come into the school system, and and like Darlene said, visually you can tell by a person's facial expression what yes. is going on with them. If yes. a parent is totally stressed out and depressed, reach one, teach one. 
school system <laughs> that could visually see a parent freshman, you would be surprised. Grief is a is a very common denominator among us all. Yes. People grieve yes. over the loss of a pet, just like a person. Uh, people grieve over the loss of a job. So it's a very common denominator. So yes, the way it's that we part of life. Yes. But you see, my thing as well, this is sort of slightly off topic, but my thing as well is that grief is something that we are not aware of every day. We only become aware of it at certain times. And that's one of the reasons why it's so hard to deal with. It's one of the reasons why we don't know how to deal with it when it arises. And it can make you sort of almost crazy, really. Yes, yes. Well, uh, let let me uh, put a bookmark here so we can go to our next commercial break. You know, we do this every 30 minutes, and um, we're just a little bit over to the side. But I I just want to thank, this is a, a, a conversation that definitely needs to go on. And, and oh, yeah. Because I'm not able to share the screen, maybe, ladies, you can talk about um, the hole in the heart, the heart and hole in the heart, and and that oh, type God. of thing. <laughs> when I come back, if you don't mind. Okay. Hey, it's time to take charge of your health. I'm Viata, your holistic life coach, and every Friday morning at 8 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time, I'm here on the Female Solution to empower you to make choices that will assist your evolution to abundant health. I'm also blogging every Sunday evening at 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time at Soul Purpose Healing, where I bring you a spiritual chiropractic adjustment to bring you back into alignment with our Creator's love, compassion, and wisdom. Join me every Friday morning at 8 a.m. and Sunday evening at 8 p.m. For a time of unity, enlightenment, and love vibration. Shalom. Is Monday morning a struggle to get out of bed into the swing of things? Well, don't worry, you are not alone. Join us for thought-provoking stimulating and mindful conversations on higher learning with Zelda Speaks for your Monday morning mindfulness session on Blog Talk Radio, The Female Solution, Mondays, 7.30 until 9 a.m. Be sure and send your ideas, thoughts, comments, and suggestions. Also, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, visit zeldaspeaks.com and send us your info. We'd love to have you. Experience mindfulness moments with the Mindfulness Slash Stress Relief Coach, Zelda Speaks. And thanks for sharing the Mindfulness Moment tip of the day. Stay on purpose, stay empowered, and stay tuned to your next session of Mindfulness on Higher Learning with Zelda Speaks. Make it a mindful day. And thanks for listening. Central Time, here on the Female Solutions 
global radio TV show for Neighborship of Joy. We'll have powerful conversations inviting women to walk in the light. So call in 515-605-9325 and press 1 to speak to the host. You can also join us live on the Female Solution Facebook page and YouTube channel. We'll see you on the second Saturday on the Neighborship of Joy.
and she has trained those who felt the call to become bereavement specialists. Darlene's mantra is grief is to be understood, not ignored. We appreciate that. And then we also are graced with the presence of evangelist, author, grief specialist, Kathy Ann Ellington. That's Kathy. This is Deborah. <laughs> uh, who is one of five children born to Oneida and Grover Ellington. Now, Kathy Ann Ellington was born in Chicago and has lived in Chicago, Alabama, and Las Vegas. She graduated from Finger High School in Chicago, in which she attended Luke College, Illinois State University, Chicago State University, and Kennedy King College. She worked with cancer patients at St. Luke's Hospital in Chicago while attending college. She went on to work in fields that utilized her God-given ability in sales as a kitchen and bath designer. She is currently a licensed minister, bereavement specialist, a volunteer in the Constellation Grief Support under the direction of certified grief counselor Darlene Lewis. Along with volunteering with the homegoing ministry at the Apostolic Church of God under the leadership of Assistant Pastor Reverend Ivory J. Nicholas. She is the president of Old House for homeless women without, uh, with or without children, whose motto is Old House, where we transform lives like butterflies. She is also the founder of Old House of Prayer Church in the Inglewood community on the south side of Chicago. Kathy is also the author of a book, My Mama Said, Jesus Said. Again, welcome, Zana. Thank you for allowing these wonderful gifts to uh, be gracing us today. Are you yeah, there, well, Thank you for joining us. I mean, I just feel like I'm surrounded by so much talent at the moment. It's wonderful. It's so beautiful. Our women have so much to offer. So, Kathy, and, um, oh, shoot, <laughs> my memory is really playing up these days. I'm really sorry. <laughs> Darlene, sorry. Um, I really would like to know, because obviously you're very involved in the church and Christian ministry. Now, I'm not a Christian. I'm what you might refer to as a godless heathen. I won't be offended if you do. But um, what what can you, okay, this might be a little controversial, but I really want to know what you think. What can you offer to people like me who do not, I mean, I'm a Buddhist. I don't get my um, spiritual succor, as it were, from Christianity or from the Bible or anything like that. So what can you offer someone such as myself? Oh, I'm so glad that you asked me that question. Because before we went on break, the last thing that you said, Zana, you said out of your mouth, you said, you have so many crazy emotions. Yes, yes. I said, I said to myself, oh, my God, Zana, he hit the, the, head, he hit the nail on the hammer, so to speak. He hit the hammer on the nail. He hit okay. the wall. Okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter if you're Buddhist, Catholic, Methodist, 
place you are, what color you are, you are going to experience a a, 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 a variety of crazy emotions associated with yes. grief. Yes. So, Darlene, you know, uh, I want Darlene to go into detail. I gave uh, Deborah a picture, a physical manifestation of these various uh, crazy emotions or feelings that one may experience. I want Darlene, because I love the way Darlene explains it. I know what, I, I was playing with all the emotions, but I want Darlene to go into detail about the, uh, in the grief industry, what we refer to as a hole in the heart. And Donna, we're going to specifically talk about that, uh, that I call it the EKG of crazy emotions. Excellent, excellent. Because see, my thing is that because there's certain emotions that we don't deal with every day. We only deal with them in certain circumstances. Therefore, they come. It feels like it's hitting us out of the blue, and it can be so difficult to manage these emotions because we're not used to feeling them. That's my thoughts. What do you think? Okay, firstly, let me explain what grief is. Okay. Uh, it's, it's a loss that you held very dear to you. And it doesn't always have to be a loss of a person. Right, um, right. The board was a loss of a home, a loss of a dream. A loss of an idea, a loss of a pet. You know, it's that attachment that we had yes. in that loss. Yes. Right. And and like Kathy said, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, that pain of loss is there. You see, that's you know, the same thing that the Buddha taught. So I find that really interesting that you're saying that. Because sometimes when painful things happen, then we think there's something wrong. But actually, the Buddha taught that that is part of life. It's natural. People die and people grieve for those who die. Yes. 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 But you know, um, what I've learned down through the years, um, as a girl, we suffer a loss, but as a child, you told not to cry. That's right. Everything okay. Or they might even say, uh, don't even talk to the child about, about the loss of the person who died. The, the children just uh, were overlooked. They were not yeah. asked how to help. Yeah. You know, they they were just told, um, don't cry, it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. They weren't even having pain yeah. as an adult. Yeah. So we have since learned, thank you, Jesus, that um, kids suffer as well from the law. Uh, so in our support group, uh, we asked, I, I would draw a whole a circle on a big piece of paper, and I would 
unbelief, can't stop crying, can't sleep, can't eat, and they mostly uh, don't want to share things that they think nobody else has shared or being too embarrassed to say what they really truly feel. But as time goes on in our circle, we we recognize that most of us are feeling the same. I call them symptoms. You know, still in disbelief, although my husband yeah. may have died a year or so ago, it's yeah. hard for me to accept that he has died. Yes. Yeah. You know, I feel alone. Uh, I feel lost. I don't feel like talking to anybody. Uh, I don't care if the sun doesn't shine anymore. You know? Yeah. Our feelings, they don't care if the world stops because they're not happy. Yeah, it's just awful, isn't it? Lost. They're they're confused. They're in a state of confusion. In a state of confusion. They they can't grasp. And you know, the thing is, is, it is confusing when somebody you know suddenly isn't there anymore. That's confusing. Okay, I'm sorry, Donna, what were you saying? Sorry, I'm, I hope I'm not talking over anybody. I was just saying, when somebody that you love who was there isn't there anymore, that is confusing. That's confusing, isn't it? Well, it's Azana. It's it's yeah, your norm. We in the grief industry, Zana, we call it a different normal. The normal yes. that Zana was, yes. or the girl was, or Kathy was before the person that you love transitioned. Yes. And the who are transition is two different people. Yes. Yeah. So things that used to be important to you, you could care less about. You zone out. You forget what you're doing from one second to the next. Yes, yes. that's a part of the grieving process. So, so with trying to, if you are in that state and you have a child, your first defense is, or one of the, the strongest defense is, get away. Or mm-hmm. don't think of or, uh, you know, leave me alone, or I, I can't focus. And then the child is left with loss, and they don't know how to process what they're going through because they don't recognize it. And they don't have an adult mind. We must still understand their mind is still developing. Yes, so, so I do think that children understand more than we give them credit for. Yeah, I, I would imagine they do, but they don't they don't really grasp everything. Yeah. And now you're lost. Yeah. This is new to them. Oh. Yes. And, and and some of them take it well and some of them take it like oh oh well, you know, they're they're just gone. Those people are just gone. And and that's how we look at it. They're just gone, but if it's someone who has been a caretaker and someone who has comforted you and you've gone through uh, with them, uh, you've built a relationship, an impactful relationship, 
if they're five years old, they're going to miss that. Yes, it's like course. Losing, Anybody's going to miss that. Yes, Anybody's going to miss that. Sure. Yeah, they're going to miss it, and they're going to lash out or, or go into depression or think they have to change their sex or think they have to, <laughs> you know, do a myriad of, of different things to get the attention that they are now missing. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. don't even necessarily realize that what they're trying to do is get attention. That's the most important thing. This is Darlene speaking, by the way. Um, the relationship, that's the most important thing. It's because uh, in our support group, we have people who have, who have uh, lost fame. Um, I don't want to say uh, they may have lost their mom. There could be five people in the room that lost their mother. But because of the relationship they had with their mom, they missed that, however good or bad. Yeah. Now, really close, they're going to miss that mom terribly. Yeah. So the relationship, yeah. if I'm really close, I miss my mom so great. But on the other hand, uh, if the relationship was not close, with that parent, yes, they're going to miss them, but is it going to keep them up that night? Or or the reaction to the pain is different because of the relationship. Like we said, my mom really loved me. She took care of me and, and blah, blah, we, I miss her, I miss her, I miss her. And then one person may say, well, my mom and I were not that close. Yeah. We were not that close. So you're not going to have the same kind of feeling, even though you lost the mother. Yeah, that's normal. I mean, it is normal for you to have whatever feelings you have. There's not a right or wrong way to feel. That's right. That's right. There's not a right or wrong way. It's your way. And that's yes. your way. That's call it unique. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Zana, this is Kathy. There is no expiration date for the breeze. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah. I know. When one of my cats died, I think it was 2002, my my doctor actually said to me, you're never going to completely get over this. He said, you've lost a member of your family. And, you know, that was one of the kindest things anybody said to me. It was so kind for him to say that because when you're grieving, you might think, oh, I shouldn't be feeling like this, especially since, you know, it was an animal. It was a cat. But I loved her. And then when my other cat died in 2010, I'm still grieving for her now. It's been nearly 13 years. But that relationship was so strong and so close. But I will yeah. always, you know, I'll probably really always miss her. I've got two little beautiful, lovely ones now, but I still miss my cat, my other cat. Yeah. And Zana, there's no I right or wrong way to feel. You feel what you feel. We have a caller on the line, and I want to bring Ooh, that excellent. caller. 773-977-7735. Seven, seven, your mic is open. Welcome to the call, Success Strategies with Zana. Could you announce your name and the reason for your call, please? Well, my name is Lois, and I'm in the Chicago South Shore area today. And I must say that God is good to all of us, 
and, and we're alive, and that's the major thing today. And, and thank you for this show and, and taking the time. And, and I would like to know if there's any more in, information on that uh, Mama Said, Jesus Said. Uh, what a wonderful title. You mentioned it, but, you know, there's no way we can get it or what have you. Anyway, you know, people die. Do people die? And, and people are born every day, probably at this very hour. And God yeah, has always, always. Always uh, provided, you know, whether we uh, we do right or we do wrong from from, from birth, and and He's still providing at this very moment this this free oxygen and and being able to move our limbs and and just to be thankful, you know. Uh, we know that people we, we are going to die as sure as we're living today. Uh, I remember as a little girl, my father James Trance would say, "Well, they you know, the day you were born." Only God knows the day. He already wrote down the day you won't leave it. Yeah, now you can rush yeah. your time. You can rush your time. He said by being disobedient. You know, you, you don't be disobedient. But anyway, we have to leave this world, and that's why you know we must enjoy ourselves the utmost, uh, believing that only God can can create life. Only, only God. I don't care what denomination or non-denominational or what have you. You know. When 9/11 occurred, nobody said, "Oh, I'm Catholic. Don't don't let me run into the, the building." You know, uh, I'm Baptist. Whatever. We know that God is still here with us because we're here. We've come through it. Whatever it is, we've been through the storm and rain. Be happy while we're here. And I, I and I want to say that only God, you know, He can only He's because of us living right now. Only God. And if we only just keep trusting in Him, grieving is something we have to accept. And lastly, my sister, uh, Lula Spitwell, bless her soul, she's in heaven. She always, uh, um, she was just always, you know, with God, and she she knew every scripture in the Bible. She, you know, back and forth. You could call her any day, any hour, ask her, where is this Lula, and whatever. So she passed away and didn't make 70, something that God promised us. And those of us who have made 70, we definitely, we are super blessed. Because this society has a way, has a way of treating the elderly that's unbelievable, and, and, and especially when they place their loved ones in a nursing home or whatever. You know, no sense of giving them any flowers while they're, you know, they're dead. And we're sending flowers to funeral homes like crazy, but here comes Mother's Day. How many families are going to go out there and really care about their mothers while they're alive? A lot of them go out to the cemeteries and place flowers, and they know they'll never see them, never smell them. But while they're living, I think everybody who has placed someone in a nursing home, especially their mother, if they don't take some flowers for Mother's Day, they should be arrested. I wish we could make it a law. Thank you so much for this time. This is Lois in Chicago. (laughs) Lois, lovely to hear from you. So tell me, these religious beliefs that you have, do they sustain you? In times of trouble, would you would you repeat that again, please? Yes, you have a religious beliefs. You believe in God, and you know you have strong beliefs, which is lovely. And I'm just wondering, do these beliefs sustain you? Well, the only thing that sustains me is the fact that right now, at this very moment. I know that no one's responsible for it but, but him, the one who made the sky. You know, it's not what the peace preachers say or the teachers say. It's the one who made the sky. That, 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 that's the one I'm talking about. 
And and that's okay. an inward thing. That, that, that's from the heart. It's only a connection from the heart. That's what I believe. Right. It's not right. the denomination you are. And that's the only connection we have to God is the heart. So, you know, and right. that from the heart reaches the heart. So in our hearts, we have to ask ourselves, well, are we, are we pleasing God? You know, there's no other way that I know. So if, you know, I've been Catholic and I've been Baptist and I've been Pentecostal. No, I, I started to become Pentecostal. I changed my mind. I even went over there to the other church where Farrakhan is, what do they call them, whatever. I've been all of them, you know. But God is the only one that I, you know, when I was on the operating table, I didn't know all these people. It was God. Now, who do you want to call him? I don't want to even argue about it because I know him for myself. And that's uh-huh. what we Exactly. Exactly. And it goes so, to sustain you, then that's important. Then and you know what? I, so I sing all that. the time. I sing all the time. When I'm really down, my mother died, my father died, my dear sister, we both married brothers. And we are going to die. I, I realize it, and I had to accept it this way, especially with my dear sister. Oh, my God. Anyway, if, if she had been shot 25 times and died, didn't want her to leave here, she would have never left. She would have never, she never been gone. That's why my mother, I, I had to accept it, you know, and realize that I better be thankful, so thankful for every minute, every second, every hour, you know, that God has given me to, if I made any mistakes, then I ask God to forgive me for them. You know, it's not going to the church. It's not going to uh, uh, the big places where people are gathering, what have you, especially during during this modern technology time when everything's being done by Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know? it's, it's about well, the heart. It's about the heart, and the heart comes into a lot of these shows. I don't know how many of you, how many people are listening, but God comes into a lot of these shows that's been coming across this these airlines with a, a female solution broadcast radio show. And and it's really a spirit that I think a lot of people are missing uh, every morning, 7 o'clock. And, and, and then here on a Saturday, too, you know, I know God is good to me. And just to be allowed to listen to me is a blessing. And, and you guys are being, I hope you all are really being blessed today for, for even taking the time out to share these things. And, and we might as well be happy. You know, they say when you die, people are supposed to. Uh, 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 laugh. I mean, they're supposed to know when you're born, people are supposed to cry. And when you die, you're supposed to be happy. But we don't, we, we're just the opposite. And so when babies yeah, are born, right. I'm sorry. Go on. And, and Lois, you are absolutely right. Grief is something that we have to accept, but people accept it differently. And that's, that's why right. I am so that you were able to join us uh, on the female solution, Lois, with your comments. We thank you. Now, you asked about um, the book Mama Said, Jesus Said. So I want to allow Kathy, who is the author, to give us some more information about that. And then after you do that, we'll go to our break, if you don't mind. Well, because I know this book is not available yet, which is a disappointment for all of us because we all want to read it, but please to say that it will be coming out soon. So, yeah, please do tell us about it. Should we have a break first? Yes. Should we have ahead, a break yes. now and then hear more about the book? Um, oh, okay. Okay, I apologize, Kathy. Let is, that is, you're right, Lana, we have to go to break 
It's our last break. So, uh, Kathy, when we come back, um, we will prepare for you, okay? And then I, then I have to go out to my other job right away, too. Okay, we'll, we'll be quick. What if you could live to be 120 years old and remain active, healthy, alert, and vibrant? Our bodies are made up of cells that are constantly rejuvenating. So if we take proper care of ourselves, we can literally defy aging. Join us every Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Central Standard Time to learn about self-cell care from Susan Essentials on the Female Solution Blog Talk Radio Show. Learn how to help your... to Sofa Solutions with Dr. Debbie Green on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Central Standard Time and 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to hear great topics and stories on grief and turn it into victory. Join Dr. Debbie Green to listen to stories of triumph and learn how to overcome. You are not alone in your life and there is hope in Okay, so uh, we... we cut those a little bit short, but we wanted you to make sure you come back on Tuesday and Thursday because those are some impactful hosts that will share uh, some help with folks going through their their challenges, their health challenges, their mental challenges. You know, it, it's a challenge all around. So I want to let you, Kathy, go ahead because I know you want to uh, – Say something quickly and get on to where you have to go. So thank you for being here. Go ahead. Yes. Uh, first of all, I want to thank Lois for calling in. And I was looking for, I gave it to you, Deborah, uh, the cover of my book, because I wanted to make sure that she would recognize the cover. The book is being published as we speak. It should be out in a couple of months. It will be in Braille also. <laughs> it is that, I'm really um, glad you're making it available in Braille as well. That's really important. That is there, um, Deborah. I sent you the, the the enlarged cover. Let me get it real quick. Hold on. Uh-uh. I didn't. I didn't get that one. You didn't get it. Oh my God. <laughs> I apologize. Uh, it's, uh, it's all well. Let me. It's important. So, darling, um, I'm gonna go get it real quick because this is important. Okay. And, uh, Darling, can you talk to um, Lois real quick about something? I'll be right back. Okay, this is not a darling. Sorry, sorry, who's speaking? Is that, who's speaking? Just say your name, please. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, I apologize. Uh, there is a delay in um, what Zana, you were saying. Uh, I was just saying, when you speak, please just say your name so we all know who's speaking. Okay, so that was Darlene. Uh, Darlene, okay. continue. And I found it. Okay, you go ahead, Kathy. Yeah, because i got to go out and leave out here for work, you guys. But thank you so much. But this is the cover of the book. Oh. Beautiful. And, uh, Zana, you see the little dog at the end, at the bottom? Um, no. Where exactly are you showing it? Is it on the Facebook? Can you post it to our, fa- our page, The Female Solution, on Facebook, please, and then I'll see it. Yes. 
Yes, Will, uh, could you send that to me again? And I will make sure it's posted on Facebook. Yeah, yeah I it's called the Female Solution, but I will send you the link. Okay. Okay, I gotta go. I love okay. you guys. I love you too. Be safe. Thank you for all you do. Yeah, Deborah, uh, Darlene's gonna finish up for, for me from here on out, okay? Okay, but you know, I'm glad that you were able to join us. Just yeah, all right. Be with you. Okay. Um, Thank you. Uh, this is Darlene speaking. I was going uh, hi, to, Darlene. Uh, You're still uh, with us. Excellent. Um, comment on, you know, when we have the homegoing celebration, we are yes. joyful in knowing that our loved one is in heaven and we will meet again. Okay. Um, I want to say that we need to know why we are hurting so badly. And please, we need to know. I believe we need to uh, find out what is really going on. I know I'm in mourning. I know I'm in grief. But I'm having these reactions that I don't understand. You know, I'm not sleeping, I'm not eating, uh, I don't want to be bothered with nobody, just leave me alone, or I'm crying all the time, all the time. So, it is my belief that once we know what's going on, we can accept what's going on with our emotions. Okay. Uh, I I know why I'm, I'm crying. I know why I'm angry. I know why I want to blame the doctor. You know, we give them the understanding. Why are you feeling this way? And it's a good journey. And we help those who know about reason. Even our neighbor who's been through it before can say, well, it's not going to happen. These feelings are not going to go away overnight. Or in three days, like some people say, because Jesus died and rose in three days. Or that we doesn't demand, mean that grief's going to end in three days, does it? They actually think that. So when we have these support groups and we speak about grief, it's to educate us to yes. what okay. we're going through and why we're going through it, because okay. we lost
a lot of people know why they're not why they are grieving. Why they don't they know. Don't understand. Why they don't know because they haven't been taught. Mm. Haven't been taught. Okay, so um, I'm hearing, darling, you're saying that it hasn't been taught, but grief is a natural state. It's a natural reaction. So how do we lose sight of that? It is. But if you don't know, you don't know. Sure, sure, but I'm just wondering, how do we lose sight of something that's so natural? She's, she's saying, as I was saying, because grief is natural, how does one lose sight of grieving or, or recognizing that they are grieving? So yeah. some people don't recognize that they are no, grieving. They do not. They do not yeah. recognize. That's what I was saying. So, they do not recognize. Yeah, I hear you, yeah. Symptoms are called of pain mm-hmm. until they are taught. You know, they don't know why I'm crying all night. You know, my mom's in heaven. Why am I crying all night? Why am I not eating? Am I hitting the why point? Do you think, no. How do you think people lost sight of something that's so natural? How do people lose sight of something so natural? Uh, because I, I think uh, it's because of a defensive wall to protect oceans that has been put up. Yes. Yeah, I understand that. I get that, yeah. Yeah, that's why it's that wall. I I can't be allowed. I I don't have time to grieve. I've got to go on with my business. And and after a while, it's it's like um, you, you keep stretching a rubber band, it loses its elasticity. So now... We're complacent to grief, you know, and, and and because of our defense, we have to be complacent. We cannot uh, allow it to consume us because we don't have time to to waste on grief. So, so you think that the danger is that it's going to consume us, or is that just something that we believe? I think it's it's a, a, a tactic that uh, to protect us, Pro- right. protect right. our, our feelings, protect our right. emotions, and and like you say, why didn't the people who were uh, in in the audience or, or on the the uh, slavery block grieving when their children were being taken away? They could not. Because they had to put that wall up. They could not mm-hmm. afford those emotions because now those emotions go into protective mode. I got to protect my child. Now I'm fixing to reach out and lash out at this person beating my child and taking away my child, and I'm going to die. Because I've seen yeah. it so yeah. many times before. So they so you're talking about survival. Place. Yes. Yeah, survival mode, and today we call it we're being stoic. We're being right, right. You know, I'm stronger than this. This Mm -hmm. is not going to get me down. So, in order to maintain your strength, you don't recognize what you're going through. Right, right. It's a cover, a mask. 
but it's not really strength though, is it? Because it has um it has consequences. Yes. We ultimately know human nature the consequences will come into play, but as we're going through we're not we're not looking at the consequences. Because again, yes. that's that's part of the wall that we have to yes. put up. We can't we can't hold on to it. Ooh, what's a consequence? Nope. Mm not here. Yeah, so that's how we cope from day to day, but in the long term, it's very damaging, isn't it? And 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 we do our children an injustice because yeah. we are in survival mode. We're not showing emotion to them, like you said earlier. Someone said earlier, when a child is crying, what we tell them: stop crying. Yeah, know. yeah. But a child is crying because they don't have their, their pacifier. You know, they're used to that pacifier. And that's an infant. And and they know that they're used to something and it's taken away. They, they're they experiencing a loss. And the only emotion that they can show outright is to cry. But then we're stifling the cries and the tears. and And, and so now they're growing up being stifled and they don't know and the teenage they're they're suppressing their emotions because they think this is a natural way of life that their friends are going to they don't believe they're going to survive past the next day exactly yeah it's really shocking but young people growing up that way Yes, it is shocking that that the young people uh, feel as though this is the norm, but it 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 is a fact. And now, what mm-hmm. can we do to uh, change that? What what uh, what seeds can we plant to uh, to give growth and education to the powers that be to well, change that's that? The question. I think. Well, personally, my opinion is we don't need to give power or growth to the powers that be. We need to empower ourselves and each That's other, and then we become the powers that be. You get me? Yes, I agree. I agree. So and I feel it's through education. We have to educate. Yeah, um, yeah. So can you give us a couple examples, please, of when you were working with someone who was resisting? Like, how do you gain someone's trust who is grieving, particularly if it's a child, darling, or a young person? How do you gain someone's trust? Someone doesn't want to trust you, and they don't know who you are. They don't, they don't you know, even want to acknowledge that they're grieving. How do you gain their trust? Well, I believe you have to get to know the person or the child mm-hmm. before you can trust anyone. It's, it's not a right. time. It's not, let me talk to you one time and, and that's it. You have to right. earn, earn it. Like I, I yeah, uh, yeah. have to work for young adults and kids. You know, so and give us an example. Give us a couple of examples of how you've earned someone's trust, how you've earned a young people's, a young person's trust. Don't lie to them. 
cannot lie. Tell them like it is as much as they can understand. Don't so lie. what kind of lies then are you avoiding? Give us an example. Any lies. In, 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 sure. any I mean, you're talking about Don't someone who's grieving, right? You're talking to someone who's grieving. So why would you lie to that person? To, 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 we think we're uh, trying to uh, help uh, ease their pain. Mm-hmm. So we we give them a falsehood, uh, and we think that it's going to help. Oh, it's going to be all right. Well, that's, that could be perceived as a lie to them. Mm-hmm. The person you're talking to, you know, we think it's going to be all right. That's the normal thing that uh, 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 another person might say to uh, a child, even the children, the children, they, they might say their peers might say, oh, it's going to be all right. But the person who's yes. receiving us is saying, oh, you lying because I know it's not going to be all right. Right, yes, I get you, I get you, yeah, definitely, you know, you know, that person is not coming back, and that's someone, that's something that has to be faced, but it's a question of how, you can still be gentle with someone without lying to them, can you not? Yes, and and I think verbiage, uh, some conversations are uh, uh, related to the interpretation. I know some things I say, and I mean what I say, but you may interpret it in a different way and other than how it should be perceived. I might say something, and you think I'm angry. Angry, I'm right. just telling you the <laughs> and and, and that's, that's it, that's all. But I, I don't want it to be coming off as being angry or upset, but that's how you perceived it. So the person, right, right, okay. You you have to recognize, and and the person who's receiving the conversation has to learn everything is not against them. Everybody is not, a, you know, trying to demean them or diminish their thoughts. That's just how that other person is. Right. Yeah. And that you is. have to a tone uh, of being. Comforting, caring, and be a great listener. If this person, is, if this child, when you finally get them to trust you, and you can do that, um, like I said, not lying to them, but try to keep up with them. If you have a phone number or address, let them know that you're in their corner. You really okay. care. It's a one okay. time I thought I'm gone. No, they got to rely on you, and and don't hurt them. Don't disappoint them. You know that's how you earn trust. Even uh, right. as a, uh, as an adult, how do you learn to trust an adult? Mm-hmm. By the way they treat you, uh, by the way uh, you talk to them. There's a caring tone that you, you're with them. You understand what they're going through. Right.
So yeah, and you can understand. I mean, you can explain more than just saying no. Yeah. Why? Why am I saying no? Mm-hmm. But but if they don't ask why, that's why I always say if the child, I don't care how often the child says why, tell them. Even if you've repeated it, but if they don't ask why, and you assume, we assume that they understand, then we we've got that communication gap, and we don't know that there's a gap. So how do we recognize that bridge, and and that there's a bridge that we need to cross? Well, like I said, depending on the age group, you have more patience with a three to four year old. A ten-year-old, but you know they may not really understand what you're talking about, and so I'm careful to say what I mean, but in a in a in a, a language they understand. That uh, makes a sense. teenager, yes. you know, they're older, they mature, they kind of understand where you're coming from. Why you say no? No, you can't drive my car. You know, they ask you a thousand times. You know, no, you can't drive my car. I said it once. I said it twice. You still can't drive my car. Well, why not? You know. Huh? Why not? But I told them in the first three, four times, you don't have a permit. Uh, See, that, that's the, the, the additional conversation. You know, this is why. And and now you don't have to continue to ask me. No, you don't have to continue. I'm going to answer you the first two or three times, depending on age group. I'm telling you why, the reason why. But after a while, you keep asking me. You're trying to, you're trying to wear me down. You're trying to wear my, my nose to My yet. intelligence. <laughs> That's not working, is it? <laughs> That's not going to work. <laughs> so tell me something. Give me an example of how you won someone's trust, particularly a young person. So beyond not lying to a young person, what are uh, something else uh, that you can do for a young person to gain their trust? Yeah, give me some specific examples of when you've gained someone's trust and how you do that. And, and, and I do that. I do that to adults, and I do it for my kids. You do what? Sorry, I missed that. What did you say? She said she would be there um, for them, and then she would check up on them. Something like I do. You know, I have children and other associates, and I know that they may or may not be going through a challenge, so I'll send them a daily uh, note, and mm-hmm. and I give responses. Just, this is just what I needed. And this may not be somebody I have actually physically spoken to in two, three okay. years. But okay. we have the communications, and and it comes. It seems like it comes right on time. So yeah. excellent, yeah. that's excellent. And have you ever worked with someone where they didn't respond to you, where you have struggled to make a connection? For me, I have worked with someone. I have sent some people some things, and they said they prefer not to hear uh, about God. And mm. I say, okay, I respect that. There's still, uh, we still have a relationship, but oh. I respect what they say. And, and exactly. we move on to the next episode. 
We were, I mean, you know, you could talk, tell something to me about God. To be, t- to be totally honest, you're not going to get a positive response. And I do believe very much that if you believe in God and if you're worshiping God, you are having a genuine spiritual experience, right? It's not what I personally would not call it God, but it's a genuine spiritual experience, and I do respect that. Even though we don't share the same beliefs, we can still respect each other, right? And that's what my God teaches me, that I do still respect whatever you feel, wherever you are. I respect that. So now it's it's almost time. We, we needed another two hours. <laughs> This is not well, something. We can do it again, especially when the book comes out. When Kathy's book comes out, she's yes. definitely welcome to come back again. Oh, wonderful! We we appreciate she appreciates that. I'm sure. So Darlene will share that with Kathy when the book comes out. Uh, that Donna wants to have her back on and talk about the book and continue yeah, this conversation. Because we are life changers here. We we are the female solution. We, we've got to give the world, you know, this is www, wide world web. So no matter where you are in the world or the universe, you can always tune in to the female solution and That's give right. help for your life. Thank you so much, Donna. <laughs> Darlene, did you want to have any last, like, Two, three seconds. I do. Um, real, and, and there is a solution. Great, great. We appreciate that, Zana. I just want to thank you very much, Darlene, for joining us today and sharing your wisdom with us. And I'm going to give my thanks to uh, Kathy as well. I'll drop her life. We have so much wisdom here on this call on this call today. It's really heartwarming, and thank you so much, Deborah, for steps for stepping in and helping with the technical side. That's not my favorite side, um, but thank you for that. <laughs> You're so welcome. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, Donna, and thank you for this platform. You are definitely a, a force to be reckoned with. Oh, that's lovely. That's delightful. And we do this the first Saturday of every month, Success Strategies with Jana. So do join us again. Thank you very much to my guest. Thank you if you're listening in. Um, And I'll see you again next month. come to the end of our show today, but you can hear every show in the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the-female-solution. You can also hear today's show on the Female Solution Facebook page. Go to www.facebook.com slash thefemalesolution. Leave your comments about today's show. You can always reach me on my website at www.naimalatif.com. That's www.naimahlatif.com. Watch our TV shows, listen to our radio shows, order our books, and be sure to get your copy of the book, The Female Solution. On behalf of our team of radio hosts, 
I'd like to thank all of you who participated in today's discussion. And to our global family listening from all around the world, we say thank you. To our family in China, Sheshe, India, Zanyaba, Japan, Arigato, Korea, Kamsanida, Russia, Spasiba, Germany, Danke, Poland, John Kujun, France, Merci, Spain, Gracias, Italy, Grazie, Egypt, Shukran, Ghana, Medasi, Nigeria, Eshe, South Africa, Ngiabonga, Senegal, Gareth, Kenya, Asante, Israel, Toda, Pakistan, Shukriya, Afghanistan, Tashakor, Saudi Arabia, Shukran, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Thank you, and may peace be upon you and the mercy of God and God's blessings. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.